You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Hello, everyone. I'm Christy Landwehr. And I'm Sarah Honiger, and you are listening to the special monthly NRHA episode of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network. It's Thursday, April 13th, and this is our first episode. Good morning, horse world. It's the second Thursday of the month. That means it's time to slide in to the National Reigning Horse Association episode of Horses in the Morning. Christy is back. You remember her from the Certified Horsemanship episodes we have done here for eight years, and then she left us. But we got her back. Hi, Christy. Yay, and it didn't even take a year. No. It was less than a year, and here I am. But you have a new gig now. You're actually working at a new place, not the Certified Horsemanship Association anymore. Where are you working? That's correct. Here in the horse world, we like to jump around from association to association. So I am now working for the National Reigning Horse Association, and I am thrilled to be a part of this Western world and all the excitement that's going on with reigning right now. It is. It, it is very exciting. Reining's always been exciting, but I think now it's just become more popular. There's more reiners. There's more spectators. Uh, you know, there's always been money, which would make the English side really jealous. Uh, but we're very excited to have, you know, we wanted to get more Western on horses in the morning. And when you took this job, I was like, yes, we can talk about reining now. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, Christy. We really appreciate it. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. And I'll tell you something that I've learned from the beginning. Reining is not spelled with a G. Now, I knew that because I've been in the horse world forever, but I literally just had a hotel contract sent over for a horse show we're having soon, and they spelled reining and they put G in there. So I guess our horses are kings and queens, Glenn. <laughs> I keep trying to do it the NHRA instead of the NRHA. I, I, I keep getting that one backwards. Well, so, that's great because that's National Hot Rod Association, and my husband wished I worked there. Well, you know what? I would do their show, too, if they wanted so. I'm just putting that out in the universe. <laughs> so, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I am not going to be co-hosting this show with you. You have a special co-host you're going to introduce right now. Oh, I'm so excited. So Ms. Sarah Honiger is with us today, and she is the marketing director for the National Reigning Horse Association. She herself is an accomplished horsewoman, and so great to have you on and that you're soon going to be my co-host, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. I've not done anything like this. So what a better team to do it with, get to support reigning, promote the industry a little bit and tell some new fans about all the neat things going on. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your horse journey and how you finally ended up at NRHJ. Sure. So I grew up on the coast of California by San Luis Obispo and my parents both grew up in Chicago. They were not horse people at all. So it's your typical story of a girl saying she wants a pony and parents probably crossing their fingers that I'd grow out of that. And I never did. Um, so that took me to high school rodeo and I competed at college rodeo with Oklahoma State University. And then my very first job out of college was with the National Reigning Horse Association as the assistant editor of our magazine. And it's been such a wild ride, and I just absolutely love this industry. 
And I enjoy you so much because, you know, Glenn, Sarah and I work together every single day on so many projects. I call her two, three, four times a day. I email her 10 to 20 times a day. So we can tell by each <laughs> Christy other's Christy can be annoying already. like that. I've learned that. I am kind of annoying like that. <laughs> Lots of communication. Yeah, yeah, she's not lacking communication, is she, Sarah? Well, no, luckily neither am I. So I think we balance out pretty good. (laughs) We do. We do well. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit more about National Reining Horse Association as a whole. When was it founded? What's the history of it? I would love to. So we were founded in 1966. And for those of you who have never seen reining or who kind of want an idea of it. You know, my little elevator pitch I give someone if I'm on an airplane and they see NRHA and they say, oh my gosh, you work for the Hot Rod Association. And I say, no, no. <laughs> um, so my pitch I give is, you know, picture kind of the basis of ice skating. You know, that's a point system, your rewarded points based on your degree of difficulty, deducted points, for things that might go awry and place that in a Western performance horse sport, put it on dirt, put a Western saddle on, add some beautiful attire, the most incredible horses you've ever seen. And then you have reigning. So we're an international organization. We're a nonprofit. We have nearly 15,000 members across the world. And I think it's so special because, you know, horses obviously unite so many of us. But a lot of times it's just in our state or in our country. And so to be able to go across the world and find someone who loves our reigning horses like we do, I think is so unique and so much fun. And I think it just really promotes, you know, the tradition of Western heritage, of horsemanship. You know, all of our horses go by, we call a general and everyone can look that up on our website for word for word. But the main point of that is willingly guided. So you watch raining and you think it looks so easy. And it's certainly not. But I think that's one of the most beautiful pieces of it. That that is how well trained these animals are. That you just can't even tell they're being asked to do anything. <laughs> that is a great elevator speech. And if I sat on an airplane and didn't know anything about the horse world, I would understand. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> So that's perfect. So I have another question then. So what do you personally enjoy most about the sport of reining and working for NRHA? Oh, gosh. Well, I love, you know, I mentioned it's international and I do love that. I do love that when we have members come to our events, you know, you walk around the fraternity and this year it almost felt like English was the minority language spoken. I mean, you have people from Thailand, Japan, Australia, South Africa, Italy, like all around the world there to cheer on those horses and those riders. And I think that's really unique to us. You know, I grew up in the rodeo world. I've been involved in quite a few different equine aspects. And I think that's really a unique part of reigning, you know, to have owners fly up from across the world to watch their horse compete. I just think it's really special. And to know you have connections all over the world because of these horses. I do think that's really special to us. And in regards to working for NRHA, you know, I'm sure it's cheesy, but we really are such a family organization. You know, Christy and I, you know, we've become such fast friends. And I think that kind of goes across our whole organization. We all love what we do. We love working together. And it truly is a blast, even on the days that are hard. I agree 100%. 
And I was at Futurity just shocked at all the different languages being <laughs> spoken and all of the excitement and enthusiasm. You know, it there's mm-hmm. it was not boring. There was a lot going on, a lot of energy and enthusiasm. So now I think the most important question, though, of the day, what are you most excited about in co-hosting this show with me on Horses in the Morning? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to get to work with you more. I'm so excited to get to know Glenn and just some of the viewers and listeners of this podcast. You've spoke so fondly about it for so long. And so I think it's such a fun opportunity to get to be part of it. And, you know, it being my first podcast, I can't think of a more fun way to do it. I think we're going to have a great time and bring some people you know, new perspective and some great industry insight from people really special to us. And I just think it's going to be a blast. So in this NRHA episode today, we're going to meet um, and hear from some very exciting people that are a huge part of what we do. And the first one is going to be Mark Blake, and he is our current president. Um, Because as Sarah mentioned, we are a not-for-profit. We are governed by a board of directors, and those board of directors are volunteers who guide us on our mission. Uh, We do have quite a few staff and who also work, of course, for NRHA, but the board guides us on a voluntary basis. So Mark Blake is our volunteer president. And he's going to come on today and share some of his insights. And then after that, we're going to talk to longtime NRHA member and futurity champion Sean Florida, who is going to talk to us about confirmation and attitude that makes a very good reigning horse. So basically, this show is all about reigning 101, an introduction to this fabulous Western sport. So before we get Sean on, I just have a really funny story. So I had a a wonderful three-year-old mare that I started. Um, She was a quarter horse. She had some reigning bloodlines in her. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make her a reigner. This is going to be great. And I went to a local reigning trainer um, here in Colorado. And he was very wise with me. He put me on the rail. He got one of his college kids up on my mare. And he said, okay, you need to close your eyes. I said, I will close my eyes. Closed my eyes and she came by at the lope. The thud, the thud, the thud. I went, okay. And then he goes, okay, keep your eyes closed. Now I'm going to have another one of my students ride by on one of my rainers. I couldn't even hear the horse hit the ground. And he said to me, I think I just saved you a lot of money. This one's not going to be good for raining. You might want to do something else with her. It was awesome because you want something light, right? You want all the Mm -hmm. things. And I'm really excited about Sean's upcoming interview so we can have a conversation about what exactly you do need in a rainer because not every horse can make a good (laughs) rainer. That's awesome. Thank goodness for people being honest with us, right? (laughs) Yes. Well, I am very excited to introduce our first guest. We have with us Sean Flarida. He's a $7 million rider, a Hall of Famer our most recent fraternity champion. Thank you so much for joining us, Sean. Thank you for having me. So I don't even know if you remember this, but years ago, you know, NRHA was my very first job I had out of college and you were actually my first phone interview. And uh, I was so nervous. I was, you know, the shoes I had to fill for that to be my first interview. (laughs) Hopefully uh, it went good for us. I think it did. But, you know, one of the questions I asked you because I was brand new to raining, but I just noticed you were always wearing a green shirt. And, you know, then I go to your website and it's a greenshirt.com. And I, one of my questions was, why the green shirt? And you told me no one had asked you that yet. (laughs) (laughs) For sure they didn't. But 
<laughs> but it uh, it stuck after Wimpy's little step and I won the fraternity uh, together. And um, there was actually a blue pad that I showed with Wimpy also. And uh, I retired the blue pad and, and kept the green shirt. And uh, green actually stands for the color of green stands for the color of hope. I love that. I think that's such a unique thing that people don't know either, because I think people kind of associate it with money more than hope, you know? <laughs> they, they, yeah, everybody does say uh, money, which, which money is not a bad thing either, but actually, <laughs> actually the color of green stands for hope. Most people don't realize that. Well, and Sean, I was lucky enough to meet you back in 2010 at the World Equestrian Games in Lexington when I worked um, for Certified Horsemanship and I was doing those uh, beginner rides with all the masses that were coming by. That was my official job there. Yes. (laughs) Putting lots of beginners up on horses. Uh (laughs) We didn't get nobody killed. Can you? (laughs) I can't believe we didn't get nobody killed that day. Everyone survived. Everyone survived. It was good. But there was one that came in a squirt. And I remember she was like, well, I still want to ride. And I go, honey, you can't hike it up enough without being a little bit exposed. And you can't spread your legs wide enough to actually sit on the horse. So I don't know. I don't have a side saddle. It was. Oh, Oh, my. I I don't remember that. You you got a better memory than I do. Well, it was funny. It was really good. But that's when I met you. And so I'm so excited now to get to um, interview you today and be a part of all this now that I work for NRHA. So it's good stuff. But um, if you could tell us a little bit about your career and your path with horses that led you to the sport of reining, I think our listeners would love to hear that. Awesome. You know, the the path that kind of led me to, to reining horses, obviously growing up in Ohio um, as a young boy and wanted to ride horses, I didn't have much of a choice. I mean, uh, Dale Wilkerson is actually the man that founded the reining horse industry and kind of went that direction, well, along with some other gentlemen. And he lived about an hour and a half, an hour and a half north of my parents. So uh, my mom, my my dad, and my mom would drive me up there, and I got to ride with Dale. Then also my brother Mike, which is a two-time fraternity champion, also in his own right, he worked for Dale Wilkerson. So uh, the state of Ohio was very rich and reining horse people and obviously bill horn grew up here uh there's a whole list of guys that grew up here and then rode reining horses so it was very easy for me to get involved and go that direction and shoot i i've always said if there was ever a a boy that was born in the right family in the right place to go be a reining horse tenant was myself and i was very fortunate to be there and i just uh, i've had some great owners and still got some great owners and been around great horses that's taken care of me my whole career and and uh it just i I love the horses i mean they fascinate me they're fun to train um i i don't i I would be a very lost soul without horses sean i love you know hearing that story and kind of where you came from you mentioned some pretty big names as your neighbors (laughs) yeah some of our listeners might not know you know those folks impact on our industry do you want to talk about them a little bit more? Yeah, I, I'd be glad to talk about them. Um, you might have to kind of research the history just to make sure I got it all correct. But Dale Wilkerson actually was in Finley, Ohio, and he actually started Finley College University as far as the equestrian part of the of the program. And then he was also one of the founding fathers of what the reigning horses is today. And I think Jim Willoughby was from Indiana, and he obviously was close but there's so many people come from the state of Ohio that's 
either A, won the reigning fraternity or been very, very involved. Well, I just think that's so neat for listeners to know, too, because I think we tend to think about reigning in the horse industry being really heavy in that Texas, Oklahoma kind of region. So I think it's so interesting for them to get to learn a little bit about where you're from and other people from there as well. Yeah, you know, and the and the sport obviously has moved more to, you know, your Arizona, your Oklahoma, your Texas, um, and some of those states. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's been it, it's just a unique sport. You know, you don't need cows and you don't need some other things. You can actually train a horse in an indoor arena and go mm-hmm. be competitive at the events and stuff like that for you know non pros and amateurs that want to get involved in this sport, but. Um, it is, it's just a, a, it's just a magnificent sport. It's also something a horse takes so many uh, things on, you know, it actually is one of those things that a man and a woman can compete equally, you know, given the horse. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just, it's just, uh, I'm in awe of the horse. <laughs> well, it doesn't take long for anyone who speaks to you to know how in awe of the horse you are. And I've always really admired that about you. You know, you always talk about their mind, body, and the heart of them. Can you tell people listening maybe what makes a good reigning horse for those who might want to know just a little bit more specifically to our industry? I don't know how much time you're going to give me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the spark notes of it. (laughs) There's so many things that make a good reigning horse. I think one thing that, in my opinion, that makes a good horse it probably is the same thing that makes a human being as a conscience. You know, if a horse has got a conscience, he's trainable. He thinks about things. He worries about things. He accepts things. He takes praise. So I think a conscience, a good conscience on a horse or anybody or anything is, is very, very important. You know, once that happens, you know, the horses that have been really good for me, they have ungodly amount of try, you know, and, and heart. And that's, uh, you know, that, that separates the good ones to the great ones. And um, that try is, I, I can't express how, how important that is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all these horses we have today, when I was a kid and just getting started, they weren't all bred to be reigning horses. They were just kind of horses, you know. Mm-hmm. But now today's horses, they're all, you know, they're bred to be great reigning horses. They're moms, they're dads. Um, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they've, they've all been in the show pain and been successful and there's a reasons why they're as good as they are. So that's, uh, that's, that's been fun to watch it grow and it's only getting better as we go forward. I mean, it, these horses are, the breeders are doing a magnificent job. The horse mm-hmm. training, the techniques are getting better. The horse the trainers are getting better. Um, it's been fun to watch it evolve. And John, I know I think um, a lot of people that may not know much about reining at all might think, yeah, I'm just going to give it a try. And I think there's kind of a an old, I don't know if it's a myth, that a reiner has to be a really small horse. Um, and it has to be, you know, only a quarter horse or whatever the case may be. Can you talk a little bit more about how size of the horse may or may not matter and confirmation and those types of things? Yeah. You know, they used to be really small horses and they're still small compared to a jumping horse or maybe a garage horse. But you know, now a nice size horse and a nice built horse that is, is athletic, they can definitely go be a reigning horse. You know, we have, uh, Appaloosas, we have paints, we have Arabs. Um, 
can you go there again? It's just goes back to that horse's brain and his heart. And, and you know, it, does he, does he think about you when you're training him? So I've rode some great horses that were 13, two, and I've rode some great horses that were 16 hands. So, uh, you know, I, I just had a guy come in here and he rode dressage horses and he's from Florida. And he said, your horses are so small. They are small compared to him when he's riding 17 hand horses for sure. <laughs> but, uh, hell, I don't even know if I could get on something that tall, but, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think our horses are, are really, really cool. And if they're proportioned and they're well taken care of and they're balanced, they're, they're going to be fun to ride. And can you let us know some basic starting exercises that riders can do maybe with their own horses, just on their own property, you know, that maybe may or may not ever truly show reining, but really love the maneuvers, love the concept of a spin, right? Love the concept of a nice lead change. Can you talk to us a little bit about some basic starting exercises that riders could do with their horses that might be helpful to pursue reining? I I got some my I got some ideas in my head, but I don't know if I can get them all out of my head and put them to words. Um, <laughs> so so you know, like a lead change and stuff. It's a figure eight. You know, you could definitely go out and do a figure eight in the field and come across there and and cue your horse with your outside leg and and kick him over there and see if he changes leads. That you know, be something to to play with for sure. There. Um, you know, and as far as, you know, the spin and things like that, what we're really looking for is that horse holds his hind leg in the ground and he walks around with his front legs. He walks around his, his hind quarters. So if you took your hand and you pulled your horse's nose to the inside and kind of pulled him around, he's eventually going to get where he'll follow his, his tail per se a little bit. Uh, there was a young boy in here and he was watching me ride. He couldn't have been four or five years old. He goes, how do you teach a horse to chase his tail? And uh, just the way that he said it kind of made me giggle. But uh, if you can pick your hand up and just pull his nose over there, them, them horses, they learn pretty quick if they have some desire and some want to. I think those are awesome exercises. And I um, admittedly not competing and reigning myself and being in that rodeo background I know I've used so many exercises that you all in this industry have taught me and even just going to our digital Rainer magazine and looking at, you know, our top trainers and what they're saying every month and different exercises, you know, not only is it great to kind of dip your toe into reining, but I think it's great for all horses of all discipline. I mean, it's just so good for them. Well, you know, anytime, I think you're, a lot of horses, you can teach them to do anything. If you if you decide you're going to teach your horse to do something and you do it three weeks in a row exactly the same way and teaching the same way, they're going to learn something. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, a human person, you know, as, as, as a human, as we get in there, we expect them to learn it instantly. And that's not exactly the way a horse grasps things. And uh, being consistent and showing your horse exactly the same way to do something that's probably the most important thing. You know, you can, there's a thousand ways to get to the end mm-hmm. and uh, being consistent with your horse is super, super important when you're training. On it. That's so true. I feel like, um, definitely taking notes about that as I make myself get a little more regimented. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, harder sometimes. It is. It is. Well, Sean, I'm sure people listening today are going to want to know where you're located and how to reach out if they have any more questions. How can they go about doing that? Sure. I'm in Springfield, Ohio, obviously. And then my webpage is just go to thegreenshirt.com and uh, shoot me an email or anything like that. And I'll be glad to correspond with you. 
Amazing. And Sean, do you have anything else you want to add that we haven't covered today? You know, there's just so much in the, the NRHA and the, the reigning horses have so much to offer. I mean, there's anything from the greener and grass to the very top of the professional end of it. And it's, uh, there's a little bit there for everybody, but if you ever get a chance to ride a reigning horse and get to enjoy it, it's something like you've never felt before. And by all means, all the professionals out there, they're very, they always have their door open. They're very welcoming. Um, go take advantage of it. And uh, if you ever want to go try it, definitely go do it. So Sean, this brings up something that I'd love to ask you. So I just recently was um, able to ride a rainer myself and I haven't for a long time. And I've been more, a little bit more English just recently. I teach a lot of beginners English that I do that. And so we went for our rundown because uh, he let me do everything. I got to do all the stuff on this fabulous nine-year-old gelding he put me on. And I pinched with my knee like I was going to go over a big jump or something. And oh my gosh, he kind of squirted out from under me and I just giggled like a schoolgirl. So for those of us coming from an English background, or a Western pleasure background or something else, what are some things that we really need to consider when deciding to try the sport of reining? <laughs> well, that, I'm so proud of you for going and trying it. At least that horse was listening to your body language. True. Um, you know, <laughs> too much maybe. You know, with, <laughs> with the horses, I think when you when you go try something new, just try, just try to forget everything that you learned and go enjoy that horse. You know, go feel that horse and, and listen to those people that are helping you. You know, we're so conditioned once we learn something, no matter how it is, to change. And we don't always listen to those horses and your body feel and, and feel that energy from that horse. Those are so super important things for me. But I mean, I think that the people that would ride, you know, reining or barrel horses or pleasure horses or ranch riding horses, if you like the way a horse feels and you respect them and you admire it, you're going to love reining horses. I mean, they're... I've never been around something that will tie into you mentally and want to please you so much and then be so kind. And then, you know, you can walk off and go ride them through a field or whatever. I mean, they're just, they are just so well-rounded as far as a horse. It is amazing to me. And uh, I could talk about them for hours, so I don't mean to bore you guys, but they they are unique animals and they're so highly bred that then they can go run and stop a hundred feet and then walk off and, want to go eat some grass and uh, I just got the utmost respect for them. Well, thank you, Sean, so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure to have you on our very first show. It's an honor to be there. Thank you guys. And you guys have a wonderful day. And coming up next is Mark Blake. And I had the pleasure of meeting Mark when um, he became our president. And he actually was at the Summerslide right before his presidency, which is a great reigning show here in Denver. And we had a fantastic lunch. And then I got another meal with him in December when I was out in Arizona where he lives visiting some family. And I got to um, have dinner with him and his wonderful wife. So Gosh, Mark, this isn't a meal this time. This is something different. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you on the show today. We're so excited that you're our current president of the National Reining Horse Association. And Glenn and Sarah, just so we're all clear, it was Mark twisting some other people's arms that made this show happen. So he's a rock star. <laughs> we love that. Well, I, 
I, I laugh because uh, when you say I'm first, uh, that reminds me of the old Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. So I'm, I'm glad I'm first. Thank you. <laughs> Mark, I'm putting you on my Christmas card list because of what she just said now. So uh, just... <laughs> not everyone awesome. gets on the list. So you're, you're doing well already right off the bat. <laughs> Can I say something? Um, first off, I'd like to thank you, Christy, and, and Sarah, for all the great work that you're doing, and I'm so excited that you're you're really putting NRHA forward here, and, and um, congratulations, and, and I think this is awesome, and I think that uh, uh, the members of the association are going to love uh, what you guys are doing, so thank you, thank you both. Well, thank you. We're definitely going to have some fun with it because that's, you know, kind of a big part of it. And what is raining? Raining is fun. So if we could also have fun right here in our podcast and another marketing we do. And again, you know, you made it happen. But please let people know a little bit more about you, about where you live there in Arizona, about kind of your um, your journey and the, the whole the whole thing. How did it all happen, Mark? So uh, when I started when I was five years old. Uh, when I was five years old, I was that one kid, uh, probably like a lot of Rainers, I got I got the pony, and, and my friends had all hoped they'd get a pony, but I got one. And so that started, my dad was a farmer by trade, and he, he, uh, he raised horses, he um, farmed with horses in it when he was a young boy, and uh, that gave me the love of, of the horse. And uh, I believe that horses are a sacred a spiritual animal, and um, I could not be more excited to be in a sport uh, that shows off their athleticism and and uh, how smart these horses uh, become. And and so uh, that's the the first part of of my journey. Um, I grew up as a farm boy in Iowa. We had a few horses and and cattle. Uh, moved on, uh, went to Iowa State University. The uh, Go Cyclones and and uh, got my ag business career there, uh, or degree there, and, and then moved on to Minneapolis uh, and had a, uh, an, a uh, executive benefit business uh, in Minneapolis for 30-some years. And uh, Julie and I moved to Arizona full-time three years ago, and we live here in Rio Verde. Um, my my uh, start with reining horses um, really was kind of by accident. I had a uh, frozen shoulder and had to stop playing golf. And uh, I uh, missed the animal. And uh, so I decided that I had told Julie I was going to go find a horse to ride. And she laughed at me and didn't believe me. Well, I did and was uh, introduced uh, to a uh, reigning trainer. They put me on a horse. Uh, they let me do a couple lead changes. Uh, and, and you can well imagine it was a well-trained horse. But um, I, I laughed. My very first uh, ride was in a little round pin because they had no idea if I could stay on a horse or not. And it morphed into uh, I've had some I, I got my very first horse uh, here about 11, 12 years ago to uh, start training with. Uh, that was Ace. And uh, Plum got a gun with his name. He was a gunner. And when I first saw him, I thought he was the most beautiful horse I'd ever seen. And I, Christy, I think I told you that I really believe that m- most all rainers are in this sport because of one animal, and that one animal draws them in, and then they and they they get hooked, and they go to 
and 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 if you're lucky enough, you'll have uh, you'll have an ace in your lifetime. And uh, I was that I was that lucky guy that got the pony. Then I got the most beautiful horse that uh, taught me how to rein. And I had some great teaching uh, that uh, allowed me to to move on as a uh, in the non pro derbies and et cetera. And and it's just been a wonderful ride from there. Funny too, Mark. They asked uh, me my intro to horses as well at the beginning of this podcast, and I started with the same spiel of. I was the kid who got a pony. So I think that's such a funny thread that we all have. That's awesome. You know, it doesn't always have to be a super well-trained, magnificent animal to get us in the door. (laughs) No, and I remember back when I was riding my pony, thinking about reining maneuvers, uh, how how to stop, how to spin, all those things. And I had no idea what reining even was at that time, but those maneuvers were really, they were, to me, they were pretty cool. And I thought, Hey, let's try this. And, and my little pony, he would do whatever I asked him, you know? And, and, uh, mm-hmm. so I think that, I think that's pretty awesome. Well, Mark, you're, you're such an accomplished non-pro in our sport and you exude passion for reining. And I'm so thrilled for you in this new role. Can you tell us what you're most excited about accomplishing during your term as NRHA's president? Well, there's several things I've been thinking about, uh, and I've had the opportunity to to uh, uh, speak with some people about you know where we've come from, and uh, the history of the NRHA is is uh, very important to uh, the future of the uh, of of the NRHA, but. I think probably the number one thing that will will last way past my presidency uh, and into uh, the next decade uh, will be our new commissioner. Uh, as we all know, Gary has announced that he's going to retire, and uh, we have a, a search committee that we've put together. Uh, we're in the process of searching for that next commissioner, and uh, I just happen to be lucky enough to be the president that um uh is is allowed to to uh, uh work with uh, uh some awesome members i try to get a cross section of our membership to be on our search committee but i think that i think our work will probably last uh many many years not only for the nrha but for the whole equine uh industry and and so i think that'll be of all the things that that probably will be laid on my plate. That's the one that I think will have the most importance. Well, Mark, that is such an important role with NRHJ, And I know we've all appreciated how much Gary has brought to the sport, you know, to our board, to our office, every single facet that he's impacted. Can you explain for everyone that might not know what that commissioner role does for NRHA? Well, the commissioner uh, basically works for the president of the NRHA, and in that capacity, he's what I would call the CEO of the organization. Uh, he hires staff. Uh, he he keeps the uh, everything that flows from the office. Uh, he's responsible for, and so he's really on a day to day basis the overseer of our association, and and uh, uh, he. Uh, works with the president to develop uh, the agenda for our board review. Um, so he really is, I would call him, he is the uh, chief executive officer. 
Change is so good, isn't it, Mark? Change is exciting. So what other things during your presidency are you interested in seeing happen? So change can be good and change can be bad. It's very difficult for some people to deal with change uh, because it's the unknown. However, uh, good change can be outstanding for everyone. And I think that's really what we're trying to achieve. And we're really trying to, I guess I would pinpoint several items for uh, what I want uh, to be able to walk when I walk away to say, hey, you know, this was this was accomplished or this was done uh, in a manner that that it should have been. And that was one of them that I think is very important is our four year old classes with uh, adding seven year olds to the derbies uh, with the record numbers that we have uh, in these uh, derby classes. It's very uh, hard for these four year olds to find their way. And and the board has been committed, the finance committee has been committed to uh, helping uh, find dollars to uh, the four-year-olds to run at and, and uh, participate in, in uh, against like type and like aged uh, horses. And I think that's a really good thing. So one of the other things that I think is vital for the survival of our of our sport, and or at least for the advancement of our sport, is that uh, our judges' pay is really quite low, and we're working on. We've got an an incredibly outstanding judges' committee, um, and and I, I re- uh, as well as uh, a large group of great judges to uh, to work with. But the pay hasn't incre- increased for many, many, many years. And I think for us to draw new judges, younger generation, next generation, uh, I think it's going to be vital that we uh, that we bring our pay scale up to current standards. And we will we'll be working uh, at the NRHA level to do that. And uh, we're also speaking with affiliates with uh, with others with their shows to do the exact same thing. So that's a, that's on our radar and something that we're working on uh, for for our shows especially. And and uh, we're thinking that that will permeate down through the whole organization. Mark, that will. That'll be a great idea. And thank you so much for all of your ideas. I think everything that we're going to be doing in the future under your leadership is going to be very good for um, our members and our competitors and trainers and breeders and what have you. So is there anything else that you would like to say? Any final thoughts on the show today? Well, uh, one thing I just wanted to bring up that I don't think anybody probably knows, but I think is is really important is, uh, you know, we're, we're a global organization and, uh, uh, this year, uh, Eugenio uh, Latori is our uh, is the chairman of our judges committee, and Eugenio is actually the very first European that has ever been the chairman of an NRHA uh, committee. And I'm I'm really proud of uh, Eugenio, the work that he's doing. The whole committee is outstanding, but I think it's pretty cool when, when we can draw from uh, a, a global nature for our committees. And, and, uh, I, I just think it's, it's pretty awesome. And I'm pretty proud of him and he's, he's earned that position. He's doing a great job with it. And the last two things that I would say is I want to thank the board that I have. Uh, they are diligent, uh, responsible. They're doing a great job. I had asked the board to, uh, not be on as many committees this year because I want to try to increase the committee 
uh, uh, all of our committees with people of our next generation of leaders. And so uh, they've been gracious to, uh, to stand back and, and let us fill the committees with some additional new people. But our board uh, gets a, a great group of people to work with. And then the last thing I would say is that we have an outstanding and awesome staff at the NRHA that uh, they work tirelessly. And I uh, uh, just want to thank them for all the work that they're doing for all of NRHA. Well, thank you, Mark. It is a pleasure to have you on our inaugural show. Thanks again. That's awesome. Well, thank you all. And good luck with it. I think this is, uh, this is a perfect uh, outlet for communicating with our members. I'm so glad that we were able to get uh, Mark on. He was so passionate about having this podcast and making it all happen. And he brought up something very good. He was starting to talk about our big event that we have coming up in June. So, Sarah, do you want to explain to people what our NRHA Derby is and what that all means? Sure. Well, we would love to have everyone come join us at the Oklahoma City Fair Park this year. Um, Our derby is for four, five, six, and seven-year-old horses. It's our second largest event worldwide for NRHA. It's incredible to see these horses. They're coming into their own. They've just finished, you know, their three-year-old year, which is really pivotal in our aged events. And just seeing these horses grow up and how powerful they are in those four, five, six, and seven-year-old years is really amazing to watch. They're running for more than $1.3 million. And another fun thing we have at it is actually our NRHA freestyle event. So, Christy, I think you've even seen this before at Denver, but, you know, if someone is a bit less versed in reining, it's where they can come and watch reining patterns choreographed to music and there's costumes. And it's a really great intro to our sport. And sometimes it's even bridleless. Yes. Oh Unbelievable gosh. when they do that. Yeah, and the event is June 13th through 25th, so it's a while, so you can certainly come. Obviously, the finals are towards the end of the week, so it would be kind of the 23rd, 24th-ish time frame. But please do come, be a part of it. And if you want to find out more about NRHA as a whole, find out about being a fan of ours, find out about how to um, just learn more and be a part of the journey where all the horse shows are happening. Maybe there's one near you you could go and see, find a professional near you that you could go and hop on one of them because oh boy just like mark talked about um and sean as well it is it is awesome and i think um i know i've ridden one a couple of times i've been lucky enough and it was fantastic so that is uh, nrha.com and you just go to the fan page on there yep and even if a quicker route too is nrha.com slash fan Or if someone wants to just go right to the Derby, they can always visit nrhaderby.com. Now go out there and have the slide of your life.